0: welcome to the inaugural episode of a440 i'm edward asell with my co-host kevin franzen what's going on kev how you doing so this is the uh first episode uh i guess kind of a spin-off of shift drink um but we are going to be talking metal talking music metal underground heavier stuff i guess I guess maybe we, we might branch out what do you think I think all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> metal, is, metal is definitely going to be the roots. Right. And so, I mean, originally the the idea for the show came about when I was talking with uh, one of my um, coworkers and, and you know, he made the comment that like, you know, hell, a lot of the, of the music that we listen to, these guys would kill to have a platform to be able to, you know, talk about what they do and what they've been doing and their new releases. And, um, you know, with the fragmentation of media these days, there really is no like kind of single point of uh, information for that so uh, hopefully we can become that
1: we can become that and uh, I think a lot of it for us is to really start by supporting local
0: yeah I think that's big right you know start with the smaller guys and uh, you know hopefully
1: uh, as we progress make it to some of the bigger guys or gals
0: right and so we that was kind of the intent with shift drink when we first started out was you know kind of really put a big emphasis on local and i think that is a logical place to start for any but especially when you're talking about underground music you know uh, particularly heavy music, it, there are very few clubs, very pl- few places. And this is, you know, 2020 or 21, 21. I guess, no, technically. God. Yeah, right. Exactly. But we're still in the same, you know, pandemic boat. December 42nd. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, there's not a lot of venues. And, uh, you know, certainly these musicians are, are having a hard time. They may be the one industry. Uh, I think the entertainment industry may actually have been hit harder than the restaurant and, and, and liquor industry, as you and I both work in.
1: Well, I think uh, before the the year tumultuous year of 2020 ended, um, I read something about the the live music scene. Just as far as independent music venues are concerned, uh, they. We're slated to lose a collective thirty-plus billion dollars.
0: Oh my God! I mean, just think about the shows alone that we missed last year that you and I were supposed to hit. Uh, I mean, we were going to Chicago see uh, Vader. We were going to go see the Mayhem, Mayhem show. Remember that? That we was lost. the first one that we lost. At, uh, that was in uh, February. I think it was one of the very first Mayhem, cancellations. Mayhem, Vader,
1: Deftones, Faith uh, No More, Gojira, Merciful Fate, Merciful Fate.
0: <laughs> like I know, but now though we can go see it in Vegas next year, which is super cool. Emperor. Uh, yeah, I know there were so many things that we were going to do so uh hopefully um all those bands that we just mentioned uh didn't leave you in the dark because you know if so you're probably not going to enjoy what we anticipate this show becomes um but who so, knows uh, the,
1: the the whole mantra for 2020 is adaptations. So. that's
0: right that's right but for those of you that don't listen to my other show um so i am the host of Shift Drink Podcast, um, which is a food and beverage-related podcast. Um, and again, I mentioned this is kind of a spinoff from that, but um, we thought that it would behoove us to introduce ourselves, who we are, what we're doing, and, um, you know, I guess kind of our background because we are different ages. I mean, we've, there's a there's a generational difference between you and I, man. You know? A <laughs> little bit, a little mean, bit. Uh, so how old are you? I'm mean, uh, 34. I'll be 30.
1: 35
0: this year in April. Okay, so we are almost exactly 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm 40, 44, is that right? Yeah, 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 yes. I. 40? Yeah, whatever.
1: Did you lose count at 39? I did, man.
0: I just gave up, you know? You know, <laughs> fucking. But I mean, but that's a huge difference, though, when you talk about kind of the underground and particularly in the metal scene, because, you know, when I guess, you know, coming up, when I was first introduced to metal, I was pretty young. But when I didn't realize at the time that what I was being introduced to was groundbreaking like it was the first time this stuff uh i remember the first time i was introduced to metallica ride the lightning was a brand new album and i didn't really love it and it wasn't until master of puppets that it really kind of got a hooks in me um but it was a lot our access was a lot more uh tricky to kind of get you know especially at our age you know you
1: were the the age of uh or the excuse me the um the the time of tape trading where i was the time of limewire
0: Right, yeah. Lime, Wire up. Oh, yeah. 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 Lime Wire, yeah, Lime. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, that was like a game changer for me. When that came out, and I, and I downloaded- Three and a half hours to download yeah. one song. Oh, dude, I downloaded everything. I was like, a, I was- Only a, to I, find out it's porn. <laughs> I became a completionist. <laughs> I was like, I must now own every-, every album. It's like, right, like the, the deadhead kind of guy. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm gonna own every Slayer bootleg that has ever been recorded, regardless. And you could get things that Previously were completely unavailable, like uh, Metal Massacre stuff like that that had just come out in the you know early eighties. That was far beyond what we could have ever gotten our hands on. Pre B sides, um, yeah, exactly. And so uh, I guess it, you know, I, I, as we kind of introduce ourselves, let's let's go into that. Let's dive into where our kind of inflection point was for us. And because you know, it was mentioned to me recently uh, by a guest of mine at the Inferno Room and he uh, had grown up across the street from me. I hadn't seen him in uh, three and a half decades. I mean, since we were little kids, single digits, you know? And uh, he came in and he introduced himself and I couldn't really remember who he was at first. And, 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 you know, he told me his name and I was like, oh shit, yeah, right, right, right. And he's like, you know what? The one thing I remember about you is, and I I was like, I have no idea, man. We were little kids. He goes, you introduced me to Megadeth and i'm like right now i will take that memory that's a pretty badass way to be remembered for somebody you know for three quarters of their life but you know um you know cassettes were definitely around as i was growing up so i was born in 1976 so you know by the time that we were making or i was making my own decisions on what to listen to you know we're realistically talking 1986 but anybody that knows anything about thrash metal knows that 1986 was the fucking year of thrash metal man like you got to see master of puppets you saw fucking uh reign of blood coming out i mean there was just what is that a good album it's an okay album. Okay. You should check it out. I all mean, right. it's um. If it, I mean, if generational
1: it, gap here. So, <laughs>
0: right. I know you were really into Limp Bizkit and stuff. Yes, sir. <laughs> we just love lost, that chocolate starfish. We, we lost all the re- listeners. <laughs> and it's, but so the tape trading thing was legit real, and it was really hard to find um, kind of access. So like it was like you were talking about LimeWire and all that. But if you can kind of if you remember message boards, so it was kind of like the original kind of message boards and you would take ads out in magazines um i'm gonna say kerrang i i don't remember which particular magazines but you know like um hit parade or whatever and you would put your uh revolver your your name and your address Uh, you were effectively looking for pen pals right and you would put it in the back of a magazine and you put like kind of bands that you were into and then you could connect with literal pen pals and then they would send you dubs of like you know, whatever a bootleg recording from a show in Berlin or whatever. And so, and that kind of, you know, famously is how we ended up with, you know, this uh, group called Metallica, you know, that they're uh, no life to leather kind of went crazy and got all over into Europe. And, but it was a, it was a very interesting time because it was, I mean, it was definitely pre-internet, but it was operating in the same way that file trading was happening in the way, uh, you know, when you grew up and it, it was, that was really how you had to learn about things. So you were, it was like very, regionally pocketed you know kind of groups and, and the bands and and i guess it was just really kind of up to uh the obsessions of, of people listening they like this is badass you got to check it out and of course you're just dubbing a tape on top of a tape on top of a tape so by the time you know i got it it was terrible because i was like 10 yeah, so nobody it up, was sending it me up to
1: 10 wishing you had 11 <laughs> right. so you'd actually hear it
0: yeah it was t- and it was all muffled and terrible sounding you know but um you know the um, that and the radio, but again, you know, listening to um, radio today, and I, I know there's not really, no one li- really listens to radio, I guess, much anymore. There's, you know, we do have satellite radio, and I know you and I both are fans of uh, liquid metal on XM. But um, back in the in the mid to late '80s, there was a um, high school radio station called WBDG in Indianapolis, and it came out of uh, Ben Davis High School. And I don't know how I found it. It was on some like this tiny little band. I mean, you couldn't even, you literally couldn't even get uh, just distorted audio out of it if you like move the dial one little bit. And one hour a week, they would play metal. And I, I don't know who who was running the programming at this high school in like 1986, to 87. But they were fucking awesome because they let who the. I guess presumably students program it for an hour and that was the first time that i heard um suicidal tendencies i heard anthrax um obviously metallica was being played um you know we were there was dri and, and just it was a ton of things that it just it it blew the doors off for me i mean i think you know cotton was one of the first tunes i heard being played i definitely remember institutionalized coming out from suicidal and, um, By the way, can I have a Pepsi? Yeah. <laughs> Did you, I just have one Pepsi. Just one Pepsi. <laughs> um, and I will give it to you. I, I, I know what the results are. Uh, the uh, But it was a weird kind of way into it. And again, at that time, we didn't realize, you know, that we were witnessing, you know, kind of the birth of, of the thrash metal scene. And I mean, I've said on my old podcast before numerous times, I just I'd love to have kind of lived during that, um, like, early 80s mid 80s like bay area thrash metal scene like ruthie's in partying hanging out like getting to chill with like you know legendary thrash musicians and so uh you know that that generational gap between you and i is it's large and it's one of the reasons i really um enjoy talking with you and i started working
1: backwards Uh, i mean uh, i think i can really go back to um, well, first, my, my dad kind of, he was a big classic rock guy. Get your Riesling there, but Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Just and, because we're not a food and beverage show doesn't mean we're not drinking wine while we're right.
1: <laughs> he would uh, he, he helped introduce me to the likes of Hendrix and Nugent and Zeppelin. I remember him letting me uh, borrow his Physical Graffiti CD. Oh, right uh, on, man. So really got into that. Um, and then he came home with Blizzard of Oz.
0: Your dad did. My dad did. I, I see. This is where the generational gap thing, man. Uh, yeah, like, Wait yeah. Me, how old your dad? Like my age? <laughs> you
1: know. Born in '59, so no. I like, no, not even close. <laughs> yeah. that would be kind of fucked up, wouldn't it?
0: Oh man, I got a lot of shit. In fact, I just posted something on my Instagram feed earlier today. I got a lot of shit for being an Ozzy fan in the '80s. You know, the the Satanic Panic. You missed out on all that. That was fun. I, I actually um, got. I almost got sent home from school for wearing an Ozzy Osbourne Crown of Thorns shirt. In the 80s. Um, I remember it was, a, it was the only white uh, metal shirt that I had. Well, All the rest of them were black, but that one was white. It had Ozzy wearing a crown of thorns, and they I think they made me turn it inside out. I don't remember. but
1: I, I, in, in my school days, uh, we had a kid get sent home for wearing a nine-inch nail shirt.
0: But your dad's coming home with fucking Ozzy <laughs> albums. That's Those awesome. Oz, yeah,
1: so that, that kind of kick-started my uh, generation into harder, quote-unquote, harder music. Yeah. And um, I don't know what actually started it, But I fell in love with a group that we all know and we're hoping that they come back uh, because they got a whole bunch of material right off of 2020. It was Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah, man. Um, And you were talking about the radio station coming out of Ben Davis. Uh, I grew up in the Chicagoland area, so the radio station we had to listen to was Q101. I heard a song called Bulls on Parade. Didn't know what it meant at the time. Loved it. It just hit.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a heavy. Uh,
1: wanted the, uh, God, what was this, 96, 97? Yeah, they, but around then, yeah. Something like that. And I wanted to buy the CD, and my mom said, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. They're, they're talking about pockets full of shotgun shells and rallying around right. the family. Yeah. That's, that's way too violent for you. Um, so my cousin from Minnesota was in town, um, and we were out at uh, Woodfield Mall.
0: We went into Sam Goody. How about that for a little name drop? Yeah. Uh, I spent and... some time at Sam Goody. In fact, our mall wasn't even like big enough to have a Sam Goody. I think we had a National Record Mart. And, uh, God, I can't remember what the the fake Sam Goody. It was like a, a knockoff. City. <laughs> and, uh, uh, no, see, that wasn't even around then. But, I mean, that was when we were, like, little, little punks and, you know, just... They called us hoods back then, you know, walking around with our, like, our denim jackets and our back patches and our long hair. Yeah, exactly. Peach fuzz mustache.
1: Troublemakers, yeah. With your pack of cigarettes rolled up in your sleeve. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, And and so my cousin was in town. We were at the mall with the family. Just, hey, it was something to do because it was actually, it was Woodfield Mall. And if anyone out there listening knows what Woodfield Mall is, Woodfield Mall has uh, more square footage and more stores, I believe, than... Uh, Mall of America, but Mall of America gets all the credit because sure. they have roller coasters and all that other crazy shit in there. So anyways, my cousin without my mom knowing, he's, uh, he's actually 10 years older than me, almost to the day. He says, you know what? Fuck it. Here you go, Kev. Uh, I bought you Bulls on Parade and Evil Empire by Rage, and I went ahead and bought you their self-titled too, so go ahead and take it home oh, and man. listen to it, and uh, from there... Uh, because I was a, uh, a band geek at the time, playing bass. And mm-hmm. I learned every single song, front to back. Um, and that really started the heavy phase. And then I got into you know the likes of Deftones and Korn and all the sure, new man. metal stuff. But mm-hmm. I remember the not year... A, not a great time to grow up. Nah. You nah. turned out okay, though. You turned I, out okay. I, I, Thanks. <laughs> I have to work backwards. Um, but I worked... My, one of my first jobs was a uh, I was musical sales at uh, a place called Great Lake Music, and it was a small owned business, and um, we sold guitars and PA equipment, and we uh, we had people in the back teaching lessons, sold mm-hmm. drums, all the above. Yeah. Um, one of the guys I worked with his name was Josh Gutierrez. I pulled up to work uh, one Saturday morning in my uh, my white 1990 Honda Accord. Blasting some Incubus because I thought I was real cool. (laughs) And Josh pulls up in his 79 Camaro with a 454 in it. And he's got something blaring outside his 6x9s that he's put in those doors. And it's like, what is that? I got to know what that is. And he's like, you've never heard of Pantera. Oh, man. Yeah, and I know, I know, your, I know your thoughts I'm not a, on I'm Pantera. Not a, I'm not
0: a Pantera fan. I've said it. I know it's a hot take, and I'm going to get a bunch of fucking hate mail for it. I
1: just- you probably will. And uh, for those of you listening, if you want uh, Ed's email address, <laughs> no, text me later. <laughs> um, he, he's like, yeah, it's Pantera. The, the, the CD's called Cowboys from Hell. Uh, I'll let you borrow it. And the song that uh, he pulled up to was uh, actually uh, The Art of Shredding. It wasn't uh, yeah. Cowboys okay. from Hell. Right. It wasn't, yeah. uh, you know, it wasn't the... Uh, Walk. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, that's vulgar. That was that was That's but right. Vulgar yeah, display. Yeah, that's you're right.
1: Right. So, you right. You can tell you're not a fan.
0: Well, see, this is... Um, that's right. Exactly. And, and I'll tell you, this is where kind of the age difference does kick in a little bit, because um, that, to me, Pantera, it's... I don't enjoy their music. Um, I can appreciate Dime and his guitar playing um not so much as tone but whatever that's for the 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 guitar geeks out there but you know um i was in high school when that dropped and again so we're talking pre-internet days there was no spotify no pandora and so you you know we were high school kids we didn't have a lot of fucking money and so if you went and got a cd you played the shit out of it because that's the only thing that you had that was new and every one of my friends had cowboys from hell and vulgar display of power and they played them nonstop, and I think it just really, really put a distaste in my mouth for Pantera in general and the way I kind of see it is that like, it ushered in that era of like kind of bro, aggro let's break some bottles and just like punch stuff and whatever get and drunk it just, and yeah, fuck stuff it just, up in a hotel right, room and, and I'm sure that they were, they were Our manager will pay for people later. and all that but you know, and it wasn't so much that, that I, I hated them to that degree but it's like they ushered in that era of like the douchey new metal stuff, you know, where you had like fucking Fred Durst and all that stuff that was like kind of, you know, put into that. And so I really, it wasn't a great era for metal that was getting a lot of attention. Now there was a lot of really good music being recorded. Then it just wasn't really being put out there and fed out there in the days of LimeWire. But here's the,
1: here's the thing too with Pantera is they were one of the first metal groups at the time to really get, big yeah you know we had Metallica Slayer Anthrax at the time and they were they were there but because they never got a whole lot of radio play unless they were uh, collaborating with Public Enemy and Flavor Flav Mm -hmm. um, they never got a whole lot of radio time and and Pantera I think was the first kind of I want to say thrash metal band
0: to Cross that gap. And I
1: understand where you're coming from. Well, as no, you're as...
0: certainly right. So, uh, you know, going back to my perspective on it, as we go, you know, from the eighties into the nineties. And so in uh, 1990, I was entering high school. So that's, you know, where you kind of become your four. own person, right? You become, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, you become your own person. You're trying to figure out what you, what you want to listen to, what you're going to spend your money on. And I mean, the explosion of fucking grunge, you know, and which just absolutely decimated all of the shows, like, I mean, you look at uh, uh what was it Clash of the Titans that had um, like all the thrash bands, but they added Alice in Chains onto that tour, right? And um, and and, and Alice in Chains was getting booed, and nobody knew who the why they were playing with fucking Slayer and all that. Same thing with Soundgarden, and, and, and two years later, you know. Um, you couldn't fill up a Slayer show. You couldn't fucking, you know, get into an Alice and Chains show and all those things. And so as those things were shifting, you know, and I mean, I'm not going to say that, like, I was like diehard metalhead through and through. You know, you get swept up in it. You're in high school. And um, and I still have to say, though, fucking Alice and Chains is goddamn amazing. Like, we are uh, lucky enough to um, semi-regularly have conversations with Kerry King when he comes through town and um, you know Kerry and I were talking about uh, Alice in Chains and Lane Staley in particular last time he was in town and he was like talking about how he's like one of his top all time like metal singers of all time and I was like absolutely I think I mean Lane Staley was fucking amazing and it's, it's a shame that and I know we're getting on topic but you know it, it's a shame the Podcast. I wasn't um, a giant fan of Alice in Chains because again Neither I was, was being I. forced fed that until I saw them live and when I saw them live and perform, I was like, Whoa, what have I been missing? And then of course five years later as Lane Staley was gone. So I never
1: saw them live per se, but to your point I agree because the first time I saw them that I really got into them was when they were on M T V Unplugged. So that's
0: interesting because, you know, as we look forward to the, the uh, song
1: Wood. It spoke oh to me as my a bass gosh, player. Yeah. Hearing and that on the acoustic bass. Hell well, as we yes. look
0: to the future of the show, you know, I mean I think these are really interesting things, you know, to be brought up as, you know, um, a lot of bands, you know, you hear that a lot, like you got to see them live. You got to see them live. You know, uh, there's several bands that I've experienced like that. I've still yet to see clutch live. Uh, my, my, want to. uh, my business partner at one of my restaurants is like the biggest clutch fan in the world. And, and I was like, yeah, man, they're, they're great. And he's like, no, you got to see them fucking live, man. You know, uh, I've also like heard Dillinger. the same about, you know, like uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Slipknot. Um, same deal. So you're, you're not going to get me to see Slipknot. I live. know. But <laughs> but here's the thing, you know, it, it, they, they
1: put on a hell of a fucking show. Yeah,
0: And, you know, and that isn't something that has been lost. And, and uh, you know, we can't sit and do this um, for an hour today because we don't want to bore you with our voices. You know, this is going to be an interview show and we'll have guests on with us every week. But, you know, as we are wrapping up 2020, it's been a really, really hard year for musicians out there. There are no shows. We've seen some people kind of kind of diving in and doing live streams. Um, but it's really not the same thing. You know, I got into a conversation a couple of weeks ago about uh, uh, we kicked on some hardcore in the restaurant. And it just, the, the louder we got it, the more it made us miss being, you know, in the pit and just... Going to um, see Hate
1: Breed at the Deluxe.
0: Yeah, I mean, the... Um, I'm getting to the point where, like, the pit's maybe not the greatest home for me anymore. You, you don't know, want to things... catch me elbow to the back again? Oh my god, man! That Watane show was fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you were getting brutalized in that pit too, dude, dude, because you're you're a short guy. So I remember. Man, we for were...
1: those of you listening, he's he's right.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, you're a shorter guy, but you're younger, and I've got a bad back. We missed, and that the, we missed pit the goat was blood nuts, though, so that was yeah, good. we did, we did, we did not get blood poured on us. Um That was actually a fucking amazing show for such a tiny little, like, well, soon-to-be defunct uh venue. I mean, and when I say soon, like, soon after that show, that place was gone. Yeah. Like, you know, so we got to see one of the last shows there. So, you know, I, these are all kind of the things that we want to aim to talk about during the show. Uh, I want to be clear that this is not going to be the kind of show that you tune in to and get to uh hear and listen to new music. We really want to... um kind of get behind the music. That's already taken, isn't it? Yeah. We can't say that. Hey. Fucking VH1's going to well, sue hey, us. they don't play music anymore
1: anyway. Oh, that's so, true. It's em. probably
0: all reality shows at this point. But, um, you know, c- to kind of get We want to
1: ask musicians the questions like, hey, when you're on the road, who do you listen to? Mm. Doesn't have to be in the same genre. When you're on the road, what, Ed runs a food and beverage podcast. Right. When you're on the road, what do you eat? Yeah, and that's when kind you of to music, how these what things... Would you, jumped what would, you, uh, what would you drink while listening to a certain album because
0: some of those fun stories you know that i have just when i'm talking to food and beverage people like those are the things that kind of stick with me like when we got to bullshit about like um kind of the detroit food cuisine with the dudes from queens, queens of the stone age or you know talking about lane staley or whatever with or, christmas Slayer. yeah or any of these talking mezcal cr- with kerry king yeah all the I tried. we went out and, and drank a bunch of tequila that night i forgot about that um so there's like there's all that kind of fun stuff that that happens you know that kind of surrounds it and there's a lot of really great music podcasts out there um and they all bring something very cool to the show or you know to the table like uh danko jones has an amazing podcast really dig that i mean you can't beat broken record with like well every badass interviewer or producer that's ever like the uh the the run the jewels episode that rick rubin did is like st- still one of my favorite like interviews of any podcast but you know we wanted to give a um a voice and um a- an outlet for some of the bands that um maybe don't fill up, you know, stadiums anymore. Not that, you know, they're not welcome on the show. Certainly, uh, if Kerry wants to come onto the show, he's got a place. But, um, you know, we do want to kind of give a microphone and an opportunity for some of the um, the smaller bands and, and, and the smaller clubs, and especially right now, when um, musicians are really, really, really struggling to survive and pay their bills. And we certainly uh, will be putting up links in all of our show notes to Bandcamp, merch sites, Anything that we can do um, to assist these yeah. people we're talking to,
1: because uh, what a lot of folks don't realize is that you know, majority of the time these musicians, this it's not their full time gig. Right. It's that's their part time gig. It's something they do for fun. Mm-hmm. They they haven't struck it rich yet. They want to strike it rich, but they also do this because they love it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, with me being uh, in the uh, the wine and spirit industry on the distribution side, we. Um, there's there's some people in our industry that, they will get rich. Most of us will not. Right. We are in this industry because it's a lifestyle and because we love it. And it's
0: easy to forget that and you know when fun. you're when you're kind of part of a community. Um you know, if you're particularly in like a a, a very niche genre, right? I mean, if all you listen to is black metal, then there are going to be the rock stars that you just can't believe that nobody knows who they are. Like, how the fuck could you not know who Mayhem is or something, you know, of that nature? Or how can you not know every word to Rain and Blood? But, you know, those are kind of in our niche circles. And so once you get outside of that, you realize that, you know, um, it is a, a really tough world out there to get the bookings, to get the shows. And now that that's all gone away, You know, even though they're rock stars in our eyes, like you just said, you know, this is, uh, you know, kind of um, a a, a lot of these guys have to have a separate gig. Like, I remember uh, a couple of years ago, I found out one of the dudes from Whitechapel um, is a barber down in, uh, I think, Knoxville or Knoxville, Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah, Yeah. And so, you know, and when you kind of run into these guys in Los Angeles or Portland or Seattle or wherever you might be, you know, um, we want to. Be able to kind of provide that voice and and support wherever it is that we can, because uh, you know this is a it's a year where we're gonna see the kind of decimation of the uh, restaurant Total metal industry. Word, by the way. But um, definitely, definitely in in the music world, you know, um, I don't think fucking. Taylor Swift is at any risk of going bankrupt, but, you know, guys that are on the road... If she does... 300 days guess a year. what? We're, we're, we're out of okay. here, too. Okay. No, no, we're out of here. If Taylor, if Taylor Swift goes oh, bankrupt... Oh, are we? I, well, I don't know. Speak for yourself, man. <laughs> now, having said that, Miss Swift, if you want to come on the show, <laughs> that'll have to be an in-person interview. Um, but, no, it, it's. I'm really looking forward to the show because there are a lot of conversations that you and I have had over the years. And obviously- We're when nerds. We, we first met each other professionally. And you're like a fucking encyclopedia of, of like kind of metal from like 1991 on, you know, every person's name, who they played with, every album. Like I always joke, like you've gotta you got to get on liquid metal, man. You know, you and do a little- I'll play uh, Into the Trivia Pit. Into the Trivia Pit with yeah, Jose right. Mangan, man. I used to do it. But, uh, you know- you will definitely see some bands on here that, you know, some that uh, might be a little bit more, um, I don't want to say mainstream, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? I Like, a, a little bit easier to swallow, you know? Um, but, you know, then you've also got Anal Cut, which maybe, you know, I mean, they're invited. You're They're invited on the show, you know, uh, absolutely. But, um, you know, there's we're uncensored. We're going to remain so. And um, really have a fucking good time is what I'm looking forward to. You know, this kind of us path to the show um, In part was due to um, A conversation I was having uh, um, On again My other podcast Shifting Podcast uh, I'm preparing to do an episode With Ale Industries And um, one of the guys From Death Angel uh, We're still working out Details there But you know I've long since um, Kind of wanted to do a show That was music focused So I didn't have to kind of Get pigeonholed Into that niche You know I had an opportunity To um, interview uh, Marty Friedman and some of his band members when they were uh, coming through town a couple years ago but uh, I just hi I can't believe I, I, I missed that show I couldn't um, kind of make the, the the connection between the food and beverage world and that like with Marty kind of a little bit because he's like the ambassador to Japan but like with the rest of the band and uh, like his bass player she's fucking ridiculous she's like the only Warwick like sponsored like brand ambassador in Japan she's just ridiculously a beast so, I, you know, again, I wanted to kind of do this show to introduce you to who we are, what we do, um, well, we both kind of do the same thing, I guess, food and beverage, you know. You buy from me, I sell to you. <laughs> right. Well, let's uh, clarify that. I <laughs> eat your products and I drink your products. <laughs> there you go, man. But, um, you know, we... Food and
1: beverage, folks. Food and beverage. Food and
0: beverage. That's right. Yeah. Yes, please. You know, we're in Indiana. This is Indiana. We're, right. we're, we
1: can't. we're not that fun yet.
0: Yeah, I know it always kills me when I hear all like the, the, the satellite radio shows coming from the West Coast. It's like, "Ah, Blaze one of the wake like,
1: and big man. Like, yeah,
0: I'm like, fuck. Fuck you. <laughs> right. Well, uh, and this will be the only time we'll mention it unless it gets asked. Uh, we've already been asked several times as we are launching our website and all of our social media, Why is the show called A440?"
1: It's how you tune every instrument. It's the basis for all intonation.
0: Right. So when we talk about, I mean, A is A, the note. Yeah, exactly. And four hundred forty is four hundred and forty hertz.
1: Four hundred and forty hertz.
0: And so, it's when you hear an orchestra tuning up. That's the note. You know, you're hearing A four forty. And so it's. Easy to say. We like the. I like the name of it. You know, it sounds cool, but you know, it's it's, it's definitely the list. too. It, it's an homage to the uh, to the uh, industry and all the musicians out there and uh, where we all started. Metal so.
1: metal is going to be our focus, but we're not limited to as. Uh I almost
0: went to college for jazz performance and jazz studies playing the baritone saxophone. Well, that's funny because I did as well. And that I was getting ready to ask, if, um, before we wrapped up today, you know, not only are we fans and have, have like grown up during this era of, you know, the birth of thrash metal, the birth of death metal and black metal and the second wave of black metal. And, you know, all of these other kind of genres that are splitting off now, but we are both musicians and, um, we're both bass players. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I the last couple of years I've had been concentrating more on a guitar than I have been bass, um, but I'm in the same boat, right? Like I, I imagined the, my life um, playing jazz professionally. So I was offered a scholarship to study uh, jazz in 1994. Got talked out of it um, by my parents. Didn't wa- didn't necessarily want, uh, With the want exact me jumping in, around, right? Uh, you know. Right, yeah, now I've got this great uh, journalism. IU offered me a
1: scholarship in business and not University of Wisconsin Eau Claire for jazz. Yeah. I didn't get
0: any money for music, so I said, uh, I can wait. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think, though, at at the end of the day, um, some of our favorite musicians out there, particularly heavy musicians, um... Go pretty trained. deep, yeah. They're classically trained. They go really deep down uh, the jazz rabbit hole because the improvisation uh, and the uh, and the, you know, the stepping out of line, all and of trying that. To get and recognized. I think there's no better example than Alex Skolnick. Uh, I mean, like literally, stopped playing metal, went to play jazz, like trimmed the hair up, you know. And he's still and now he's back with Testament again. Um well, but, when you look you know,
1: at uh, someone like uh, Mario Duplantier from Gojira, mm-hmm. who If anyone's noticed this, his drumming has gotten crazy good since uh, From Sirius to Mars. And it's because he started going back to his jazz roots, learning how to get all the stick control and just cleaning everything up. And for those of you that
0: have seen him live, uh, the dude is a fucking master. So what are you listening to genre-wise these days here, Kev? Because, you know, I guess it's important to probably... Because it'll be obvious once we start having our guests on the show. Um, you know, I mean, recently, and I know that we both kind of listen to anything other than Pantera. But, um, <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, what are you listening to these days uh, genre-wise? I mean, are you kind of... I, I'm all over it?
1: the place. Uh, if, if I had to put one song on the year of 2020, even though it came out in 2019... Uh, it would be uh, bring back bring back the plague, plague. buy cattle it. decap oh yeah I fucking knew it man that's yeah. a perfect song um, but then I get in you know I've been listening to a lot of death <clears> as of late yep uh, lots of havoc I'm mm. really into that thrash uh, genre but at the same time um, open to anything with the exception of
0: some bullshit uh, baby metal stuff yeah <laughs> I know you love that song man uh-uh. well you know it's I think thrash is making a big comeback. And when I say comeback, not as though it's a, this kind of retro genre, but the way that it's being integrated by bands right now. I've been listening to a lot of Warbringer lately. Oh, um, Carlos Cruz, the guy's a fucking beast. Um, but you know, it, it, you're starting to see kind of thrash more integrated, and I kind of see thrash as like that 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 umbrella that kind of fits all over it, like everything stemmed from there. And I know not really because I mean, we take it back to Sabbath. Then, you know, you could say, years right, exactly. But, you know, for me, you start to see really the uh, the splintering happening off of thrash. And then you start to see, you know, death metal and black metal, and all that. And so um, I, I'm always listening thing. to thrash. Always. Um, There's always particularly a classic for it. Thrash, There's always a
1: mood for it.
0: I'm definitely, um, I, I put on, I would say more often than not, I put on black metal, particularly when I'm at work um, with my dining room closed because of COVID-19 right now. We usually put on black metal. It's very atmospheric. Trust
1: me when I say this, folks. The band doesn't necessarily have a name that delivers, but listen to Daydream Flights.
0: Oh, dude, that's I sent you that to you, didn't I? I (laughs) What the fuck are you
1: sending me? (laughs) Daydream Flights, some like
0: new age bullshit with uh, wind chimes, (laughs) and goddamn. You know, it's I find a lot of fun music by just getting in and typing weird keyword searches into Spotify uh, and just to see who's made a playlist with some just weird, and I believe that one came off of a playlist just called, like, Atmospheric Black Metal or something like that. And, and yeah, and I sent it to you. I was like, dude, I've just been, like, sitting here. The name doesn't fit. Well, no, no, no. (laughs) And I was definitely having an issue with, like, kind of trying to figure out you know where that that can disconnect was, so like these are all the fun conversations I can't wait to have over the next fifteen years as we do <laughs> sure <laughs> you, I'm you down. like you like my optimism I'm here I'm you down. Know? it's like we'll be old men by then, is our wives let us so um like i, I you know I, I'm gonna put you on the spot here, and we didn't really discuss anything that we were going to do today um, but fuck it, why not? We've sat here and had two bottles of Riesling and actually just had the succubus uh uh, beer from Dark. Dar- yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe I just said that. Death Angel, Death uh, Angel, and um, and Ale Industries, and which is fucking fantastic, cost me a small fortune to buy it and have it shipped to Indiana for a four pack, but totally worth it, man. But going back, and we am gonna say, I mean, obviously you've got a different. I'm gonna leave this open ended for you because you know, again, there's a generational gap here. But right. like top five albums. Now I don't mean of all time because I know that like putting someone on the spot, um, and again it's funny because like when I mentioned Carrie going through his like top ten metal singers of all time, like I guess he had been asked for that list by a magazine like months ago. And he, that's a hard, that's, and he had that's been something. carrying it around in his wallet and he'd only had like, like he had certain places filled in in pencil and was moving them around. Like, you know, who the best metal singers. I'm like, it is, it's a very hard question to ask or to answer. And, uh, particularly because, you know, from day to day, your moods change. Like right now, you know, I'm, feeling some energy i'm feeling some fucking thrash you know um but are we
1: talking about albums that have made us who we are today yes yes that's what i meant not necessarily like what you're listening not what right now or not so we're talking about influential
0: i mean like right now again like i said you know because that can change so much we're listening to plague Gears right now in the background and that was you know just needed that kind of energy to get the show going tonight so uh, you know and if you can't give me five right off the top of your head not a big fucking deal. Well, I can
1: tell you right now, uh, Raising Against Machines," self-titled.
0: That's a great album. You know what? I, I'm going to diverge for one second. We're going to turn this into a fucking hour-long episode, and we're going to lose all of our listeners in the first one. That album, when it came out... 92. Um, definitely still a metalhead at that point. Had not really um, grasped onto the grunge and all that stuff. Um, I was 16 years old, and... Um, dude picked me up from my work uh or from my job I was working at McDonald's and um he's actually a a, a well renowned uh, national artist now uh, Nathaniel Russell uh, we always called him Nat back then I don't know if he goes by Nat anymore but um he picked me up and he said hey I'm going to put something in but you're not going to fucking like it cuz like what the stuff you listen to is nothing like this and he put it in and and you know that fucking bass bomb, track. from bomb tracks kicked on and it was just like, oh, you like, oh shit, what the fuck is this? I want to punch somebody, you know, preferably somebody in the government. And then and that was it for me, two, man. Like, I mean, yeah, dude, the, the name I, of. I, I track followed three, your um, take that power, take the power back
1: with that fucking slap. There's your slap encyclopedic bass. knowledge,
0: Ooh-wee. but that was where. Um, I mean, I was playing with the band at that time, and I think at one point we probably covered about three quarters of that album. But like you said, you know, I learned every track. So that's um, one how to play. So we got um, we got Rage Against the Machine self-titled album. Uh,
1: Deftones, either uh, White Pony or Adrenaline, and I say Adrenaline because uh, even though it came out before my time, I remember hanging out with uh, my buddy Paul in high school, and he played guitar and I played bass, and our goal at the time was to uh, lug our, you know, seventy-five pound amps around yeah, from home. house to house, and uh, try and play every fucking song. So let's go Rage. Uh, Deftones, White Pony. That, uh, that the remaster of the 20th anniversary of the release that mm-hmm. came out this year, or mm-hmm. last year, excuse me, uh, fantastic. I highly recommend listening to that with uh, some quality headphones. You miss a whole lot of shit.
0: Oh, yeah, man. Um,
1: Anima by Tool. Yeah,
0: see, that, that's Anima. That was where tomato, the tomato, tomato, like potato. Split, yeah, like, um, that was where the split kind of, I guess. For me, I I always uh, appreciate a tool. I would love to have Maidern on my other show to talk about his wine, uh, which Which I have. They're so good because of you and uh, the yeah, the amazing wine coming out of uh, of Arizona just kind of blew my mind. Um, Again, you know, for me, what it really and I I guess if we're talking albums, you know, the ones that I played front to back and front to back and front to back, um, certainly. I would say Master of Puppets probably started it, um, for me. It it, it either was Master of Puppets or, or Ride of the Lightning again. In that whole, I was introduced to, to, to puppets first and then, then, um, as a whole anyway, but I'd heard Fade to Black because we were, I had listened to that radio show. And so I'd heard that and I was familiar again. Metallica was, you know, at least for being in the middle of the, you know, country and cornfields, that was pretty early, um, kind of introduction to Metallica, um, De- i mean, I bought megadeth immediately um all of the above but peace sells um i believe again that's another 1986 album uh if with I'm, a hell of another baseline it, yeah well dude dave ellison come on um you know gosh i mean so i did not love slayer the first time i heard him um the first time I heard, all my friends were percussionists and so they were all like dude you've got to hear this fucking guy dave lombardo he's fucking amazing and it was just kind of again shoved down my throat and every time people try to force me to like something, I just kind of tend to run the other direction and just come at it in my own time. And I don't remember which album it was. It wasn't, um, you know, it, it, it could have been Rain of Blood, to be honest, I, I don't remember. But I don't really remember getting into Slayer Hardcore until like Seasons of the Abyss, which I, I think is not that kind of odd because, you know, that, that kind of heaviness just wasn't present in any other fucking band like with seasons in the abyss uh i know a lot of people would say the first time they heard it it scared the shit out of them Mm. this is a true story the first time i heard black sabbath like the song black sabbath by black sabbath on the album um black sabbath (laughs) yeah Yeah? um i would dude i was that was probably my first uh introduction to metal and so i can't uh, nobody can discount that. I mean, that 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 started it, right? Yeah. You know, um, dude, scared the holy shit out of me with the fucking the the church bells in the background, the tritone, you know, and another heavily notes, influenced band as well. <laughs> and then you know, Ozzy's just like horrifying. It, it was it was like a it was a horror film on um, on tape, and. It that I mean I'm gonna have to put that up at the top. I mean I know it's it's cheating to say Black Sabbath because that's everybody's you know. But I will also say and you know so King Diamond. Um, I can't I'm believe gonna put King Diamond talking to
1: you right now. We haven't talked about King Diamond. I know, man. Fate. I know.
0: So I um, was got into that at a very young age. Um, I remember actually. So in sixth grade. I went to school as King Diamond um, for Halloween.
1: (laughs) Please tell me in picture.
0: Oh, dude, there is somewhere, but it's kind of blurry because, like, a photo of a Polaroid. But I did the inverted cross and everything on my forehead. My mom freaked out. I was like in sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. I I even, like, I'm really proud of this moment, too. I even, like, took some of my mom's mascara because I have, like, full fucking corpse paint on, right? But I took some (laughs) of my mom's mascara that was, like, brown and painted on a fake mustache because. The king's got a mustache, mustache. you know. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, if that that informs you of my taste. But, you know, again, I, I can't wait to, fit, to do this show um, every few weeks with you because it's, it's a great reason to get together. We're actually in the same room together, which is great because, you know, we've kind of been in the same bubble um, over the last year. But, you know, hopefully um, we're able to do this on, on a pretty regular basis.
1: Album number four figured it out. And this is the one that really kickstarted me into the really heavy shit. Yeah, the Wretched Spawn by Cannibal Corpse.
0: Oh, really? Now that's solid. It was um, it was a while before I could really grasp death metal. Um, when I say a while, I was in high school. Um, it, but it was still a relatively fresh genre as, as most metal was. I mean, you know, you're talking about the you know '80s. Um, but Slayer was pretty fucking extreme. Extreme for me and so to get into anything heavier than that to to get into like death or um morbid angel i fucking love morbid angel I would say Mm -hmm. again i'm trying to put myself back into the age of that time and i don't really like napalm death you know it's just like i don't really remember listening to that i remember thinking okay like slayer was the line in the sand for me like It was fucking thrashed. and it was like kind of. It was a fucking bloody line in the stand, man. Um, But you know, Tom's vocals kind of were like borderline death growl, but not quite. Anybody, and he's still there say I can't even do it. My voice doesn't go that high. Nah,
1: my my fiance asked me to try and do it all the time I'm like nah. That
0: I know. I went to the Tom Waits school of fucking narration, so you know, it's <laughs> like I can't I can't hit the uh the falsetto King Diamond notes or yeah, nobody you know, can. but um, well, Danny
1: Phil from Cradle of Filth maybe.
0: Yeah, right. And I don't even know how how many albums. I think I just named four, so you know, I'm definitely going to have to throw in uh, Anthrax in any number of albums um in high school Uh, Persistence of Time came out and so that was like on constant repeat. Again, me as a bass player and the cover of uh, Got the Time was just like rocking simple bass line. But, you know, I I think going back to those WBDG days. Side note, side note. uh, Got the Time, the
1: first ever song played on Mars. Really? When they sent the
0: Mars rover there. Uh Uh-huh. That's the song they played the moment it landed. That's fucking fascinating. Yeah. I told you you're an encyclopedia, Man. Rain Man. If anybody knows what an encyclopedia is, it's kind of like Wikipedia, but in book form. (laughs) And true. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, uh, among the living for sure, but state of euphoria was really big for me uh, when it came out. And I just recently read Scott Ian's book and it was disappointing to hear that like he was disappointed in the production and the songwriting of that album. Um, Because for me, um, it's, it's again, it's hard to remember, uh, you know, how which songs really kind of stuck with me from those old school days. But I, I definitely remember, I mean, dude, hearing fucking like antisocial, like the trust cover, th- that was it. I mean, like, I know it's not their song, but dude, Scott Ian's guitar playing is still off the charts, ridiculous. His tone's amazing. He's fucking clean. Scott Ian is the Malcolm Young of metal, dude. He is. Ridiculous. So, uh, I mean, absolutely. I I would love to have Scott on the show, other than that we would need about seven hours to interview him because I have so many questions. We can edit. (laughs) Right. Um, So, as we wrap up today, man, uh, you got to give me a fifth song. Fifth album. Uh, Yeah, I'm uh, sorry, fifth uh, album. You're going to hate it. You're
1: going to hate it. Is it fucking Pantera? It's fucking Pantera. And uh, it, it really... It was a day in, like, seriously, like June or July. And... I think Josh Gutierrez from Mundelein, Illinois. If you're listening, um, you're the reason why I'm a fucking metalhead now.
0: So Pantera, Cowboys from Hell. Um, I mean, I'll give it its place and I'll give it its due, and they definitely did their job in like keeping metal alive. They didn't let the genre die, and they did it in on their own terms. You know, it wasn't like this kind of watered down, hair metaly version pop crap that you know happened in the it's '80s. The album
1: that made me put custom speakers and a subwoofer in my 1990 four-door <laughs> honda accord
0: dude you sound like you keep saying my 1990 bought you, it for my grandma do you remember all this shit's gonna get cut our producers gonna be like what the fuck are you guys even talking about there was an infomercial on tv in the like the late 90s early 2000s a guy named don Laprie that he was always talking about as was like the way it was a pyramid scheme, you know, and he was always on. He's like, I got rich. And the third way I've stumbled on to getting rich out of my one bedroom apartment. I feel like <laughs> that's your my 1990. <laughs> I've already forgotten what car.
1: It Honda, Accord. Honda It was Accord. white with my burgundy interior and automatic seatbelts. I was Accord. fucking cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, you were. Well, I had a fucking three cylinder 1986 Sprint literally you could only open one of the doors zero options uh you could push it with one person and steer it it, it was like <laughs> it was so it was the uncoolest car you could possibly have like people didn't even believe me it was a three cylinder like no it is, it it's, is. it's it's just mm. a you know a step over a go-kart but um you should be able to find us you know online well you're definitely going to be able to find us online check us out at a440podcast.com We're going to have some real fucking cool guests coming on to uh, the show here in the future. We've already got several lined up. I can't wait to uh, introduce some of you to these guys. And, uh, you know, Kevin, I really appreciate you, like, kind of reaching out and and more or less helping me concept this show because... We've I'm been psyched. talking about doing it forever. I'm psyched.
1: I mean, it's about it's about goddamn time. I was going to say,
0: years we've been talking about doing a we project We've to be together. blasphemous
1: at least once.
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: You can find us at a440podcast.com, where you can stay in tune with everything metal.